0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: Not only do we have as believers the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, Jesus now says that the Father and Son also make their home in us. The whole Godhead is with you, dwelling in us, making themselves at home in our hearts. And so so we can enjoy this close relationship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing that you and me were the temple of God?
0: Some might give credit to their conscience for nudging them in the right direction. But if you're a follower of Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit dwelling in your heart. In today's message, Pastor Dan will teach on the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What a blessing to know that you don't have to go through life alone. When the rest of the world turns their backs on you, you know that God is there. He sent His Holy Spirit to be your helper. He's always there for you, even when you can't sense His presence. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of John, chapter 14, for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: Verse 17, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. Now look over in chapter 15, verse, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, speaking of the Holy Spirit, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. The Holy Spirit does not testify of himself. He testifies of Jesus. You know, sometimes you hear people talk about the Holy Spirit, and, and, all, and, and they amplify the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was doing this, the Holy Spirit did this, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit. Well, well the Holy Spirit's going to testify of Jesus. The Holy Spirit's going to testify of Jesus. The Holy Spirit doesn't testify of himself. Look over in uh, chapter 16. Verse 13, highlight this verse in your Bible. However, verse 13, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. Here He's talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, and He says the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. That word guide, it, it, it has the idea of taking someone by the hand and taking them to where they need to be. And we need that, don't we, in life? Because we can be pretty thick-skulled, and sometimes we don't take you know, a hint, and we need somebody to grab us by the wrist and say, you need to come over here and stand here. This is where you need to be. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. He guides us into the truth. No, this is the truth that you want to follow. This is where you want to be. I want to make it as plain as possible to you. Let me take you by the hand. I'm going to show you where you're going to go. It's just like we do as parents with our children when they're young. We take them by the hand and say, come with me. This is where we're going to go. And that's what the Holy Spirit does with us as our guide. That's what we need. That's what we need the Holy Spirit to do. Now go back to chapter 14 again. Look at verse 17 once more. Jesus says in verse 17, that the disciples already know the Holy Spirit. And he goes on in verse 17 to say, But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Again, that's something you should highlight in your Bible. He dwells with you and will be in you. So the Holy Spirit was already with them, alongside them is the idea, coming alongside them and the holy spirit will be in them in the future. The holy spirit wasn't in them right at this point. The holy spirit will be in the future in them, dwelling in them. Now when was that fulfilled? That was fulfilled after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You're taking notes John chapter 20 verse 22 and John 20:22 20, after the resurrection Jesus appears to the disciples and we're told in John 20:22 20, that Jesus, it says, breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. And it's at that point now that the Holy Spirit was in them, before the Holy Spirit was with them, alongside them, helping them. But at that point when Jesus breathed on them, they received the Holy Spirit, they were regenerated at that point, they were born again at that point, and the Holy Spirit was in them. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, when you believed on Jesus Christ and you were born again, the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you. And you now have the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit, the Helper, dwells in you. He's not just alongside you or with you. The Holy Spirit, the Helper, is is in you, helping you, advising you, counseling you in you, available to you, all the time. This is why Jesus said it is to our advantage that He departs and the Holy Spirit comes. Because now the Helper is in you and goes with you everywhere you go in every situation you're in. You've got the Helper in you all the time. And He abides in us forever. And so this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is with you and in you, And then in the book of Acts, there's a third experience with the Holy Spirit that's described. I want you to see it in your Bible, so turn with me over to Acts chapter 1. Jesus uses a third preposition here in the book of Acts. You've got with, you've got in, Acts chapter 1. Again, this is after the resurrection. So this is after Jesus breathed on the disciples. And the Holy Spirit, and they received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was dwelling in them. Now in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So Jesus describes the Holy Spirit coming upon a believer to empower the believer, to be witnesses. Not necessarily to go witnessing, but just to live a life that is a witness for Jesus Christ and the power of Jesus Christ. Again, at this point, the disciples have the Holy Spirit in them, but Jesus tells them to wait until the Holy Spirit has come upon them to empower them to be witnesses. This word power here, you shall receive power. It's the Greek word dunamis. We get the word dynamic. From it. Now there's there's this d- dynamic that the Holy Spirit brings upon a believer's life, this power uh, that he brings upon a believer's life. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24. Again, this is after the resurrection, just before his ascension. Luke twenty four, verse forty nine. Jesus speaking says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. It's describing the same experience again of the Holy Spirit coming upon them, being endued with power from on high. How important is this for the believer? Well, Jesus tells his disciples don't do anything until it happens, just wait in Jerusalem. Now, they've been with Jesus for three and a half years, they've heard every sermon, they've seen every miracle and Jesus says, you guys are not ready for ministry. I want you to just sit tight and wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. It's that important in the life of a believer. In Jesus' opinion, they're not prepared for anything until they're endued with that power. And so there's these three experiences or three relationships, if you will, that we have with the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit is with a person, alongside them. Then when you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you. And then this third experience that's described here, where the Holy Spirit is upon a believer and doing them with power from on high. Uh, it, it, this dynamic now of the Holy Spirit working in the believer's life. Now go back to John chapter 14 for me. And we'll continue on here. Look at what he says in verse 18. Jesus says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans in this world. Yes, I'm leaving, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not just going to leave you alone to make it through life on your own. Without any help, without any provision, without any guidance, without any instruction. Jesus hasn't left us alone in this life. He's provided another helper. He hasn't left us alone to fend for ourselves and to figure it out on our own. We're not orphans. You have the Word of God, you've got a Bible, and you've got the Holy Spirit dwelling in you.
0: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's
1: message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan.
0: Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: You've got the Word of God to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path to give you guidance and instruction, and you've got the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will teach you and give you wisdom and understanding. You have everything you need to have a successful, fruitful life for Christ. It goes on in verse 19 to say, "...a little while longer..." and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. What a promise. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, what day? That day that Jesus is resurrected. You will know that I am in my Father, and you and me, and I and you. Cuckoo, choo. right? Does it sound like that a little bit? I am the walrus. Verse 21. He who has my commandments... He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Jesus manifests himself, he reveals himself to those who love him. Then verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, remember Judas Iscariot's already left, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine but the father's who sent me. Look at verse 23 again. What an amazing verse. Jesus says, for the believer who loves Him and keeps His commandments, look what it says, the Father and Son will come and make their home with Him. Literally, make themselves at home with you. It's kind of like move in and settle down there. Paul writes to the Ephesians that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith. To the Corinthians, he says, you are the temple of the living God. Don't miss this. Don't don't miss what's happening here in this passage and what Jesus is saying. Not only do we have, as believers, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, Jesus now says that the Father and Son also make their home in us. The whole Godhead is with you, dwelling in us, making themselves at home in our hearts. And so, and so we can enjoy this close relationship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? That you and me were the temple of God? That, that God would dwell in us? This is why Jesus says, hey, it's better for me to depart so I can send the Holy Spirit. And so the Father and, and, and I can come and make ourselves at home in your heart. And, and get this, remember the first part of chapter 14? He's saying here that, that while we're in this life, this side of heaven, that the Father and Son and Holy Spirit come to dwell in us and our hearts when we die, where are we going to go? To the Father's house to dwell with them. Isn't that cool? It's like they're living in our house now and we're going to go live in their house for all eternity. I like that. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Remember, their their hearts are are, are troubled because Jesus is leaving. Now who's going to teach us? How are we going to know what to do? He said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The teaching ministry of Jesus continues through the Holy Spirit. It didn't end when He ascended to heaven. The, the, The teaching ministry continues through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now teaches us all things, first John chapter two you don't have to turn there, you can just listen, but first John chapter two verse twenty seven But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you listen to what it says, You do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just that it has taught you, you will abide. In him, there, in First John, it says, you, "You have this anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells in you, and the Holy Spirit is your teacher. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things that you need to know." That's true for every believer. Now, God has placed pastors and teachers in the church. We're told in Ephesians for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. but you have the Holy Spirit, too. You've got the Bible, God's Word, and you've got the Holy Spirit. You've got all the answers. You've got all the resources that you need. And the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. You know, when you're studying the Bible, you know, commentaries are good and listening to sermons, that's great, wonderful tools, but we have the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that? That the Godhead dwells in you and the Holy Spirit is your teacher. Do you realize that you you can just sit with your Bible? Just you and your Bible. And you can pray and you can ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. And you, you can ask the Holy Spirit to tell you what to do in your circumstances. You can ask the Holy Spirit to direct your steps. In a multitude of counselors, there's safety for sure. But do you realize you don't need to automatically go to someone else for counsel? That you have the Holy Spirit. You have a wonderful counselor in you all the time, always available. And he's always going to give you the right advice, always going to give you the right instructions. Every situation. And look what it says again, the the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance all things that Jesus said. You probably have experienced this before, where you're talking to someone, and just these verses come to mind, counseling someone, and verses come to mind, sharing the gospel with someone. The Holy Spirit brings a verse to your memory, and you can say, well, you know, in the Bible it talks about this, and it's kind of like what you're going through, and... That's the Holy Spirit doing that. That's not you. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. You know, This also helps us to understand how the apostles were able to write the Gospels years later and remember things that Jesus said and remember the stories in such detail. Well, because the Holy Spirit brought it to their remembrance. So verse 27, we've got to finish up here. Look at verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus says, I'm, I'm leaving you with peace. I'm giving you my peace. And in the, in the language, it's, it's emphatic. It's, it's my peace that I'm giving to you. My peace. Now, you go to Israel today, the way that people are going to greet you in Israel, they're going to say, Shalom. When you're departing from someone, when you say goodbye in Israel, Shalom. Peace. The word means peace. It's the common greeting in Israel today. It was a common greeting in Israel in, in that day. But when we say shalom to someone, we're, we're saying peace to them, but it's kind of an empty thing, isn't it? You know, kind of like if you say, have a good day. Uh, you don't think about that for the rest of the day, do you? You're not really, I mean, I really hope they have a good day. You're not really, it's just something you say when you're departing from someone. And Jesus here, he says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you but I'm not giving to you as the world gives to you. You When the world says shalom, it doesn't have any special meaning to it. It's just something you say as a way of saying goodbye. What Jesus says here is he says, the peace I live with you, it's not just empty words. I'm really giving you peace. I'm really leaving my peace with you. As I'm departing, I'm going to leave my peace with you. And what's the peace that Jesus leaves with us? Well, he leaves us peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.20 says that He made peace through the blood of His cross. Jesus also gives us His peace. And I want you to think about this. In the Gospels, you never see Jesus freaking out, do you? You never see Him worried. You never see Him stressed out. You never see Him overwhelmed by His circumstances. And He was in some pretty tense situations but he was always at peace in every situation. And here he's saying, I'm giving you my peace. The peace that I have, I'm giving it to you. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, guards our heart and our mind. He gives us its its real peace. And let me just ask you this as we're finishing up. Do you have peace in your heart and mind today? Or have you come to church today overwhelmed and stressed out about things in your life. If that's you, Jesus offers you His peace. It's a real peace for you. Verse 28, You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I, and now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. Who's the ruler of this world? That's Satan. Satan was coming for Jesus. At that very moment, Judas Iscariot was arranging the arrest of Jesus in Gethsemane. Satan was coming, but Jesus was confident that Satan had nothing in him. There was no bait, no trap that Jesus would fall for. He, his heart and mind is, are set on going to the cross to die for the sins of the world. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandments, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. And Jesus and the disciples, they're going to leave from that upper room, and they're going to begin to make their way over to Gethsemane, where Jesus will be arrested.
2: He asked me how I
0: If you missed any part of today's message or would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings from 1 John, you can do so right now at calvaryec.com. Just click on media. In fact, there's an entire library of Pastor Dan's messages that you're welcome to listen to and even share with friends and family. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray, too, for your brothers and sisters in Christ listening along with you, that they would be protected from the enemy and that the truth and blessing of Scripture would fuel their passion for following the Lord. Thank you for taking the time to pray. Our time with you is at an end for today, We'd like to encourage you not to shut your Bible just yet. Continue reading in the book of 1 John, or take some time to explore any of the other 65 books in God's Word. Each one reveals new aspects of your relationship with your Creator, and will open your eyes to His purpose and plans for this world, and for you. We pray you are blessed richly as you continue an extended time of learning from Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today. And join us next time for another edition of Ring of Truth.